Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, Marcus and I are going through the top four. It's a continuation of the last episode. Uh, top four strength feats of 2023 up until this point at roughly the halfway point of the year. Uh, we also go into the UFC 291 card, I think it is, which is the wildest, most crazy fight card I've ever seen in my life. Lots on that. Also, Francis Ngannou's new deal with the PFL. There's a lot involved there. I thought it was a little bit of BS when he was talking about fighter pay and all that stuff, but he's talking about or he signed a deal actually where uh, anyone who fights him is going to get a minimum of $2 million. So he kind of put his money where his mouth is in that sense. And we go into all of that and more on this episode. So make sure you stick around for that. While you're at it, check us out at hybridstrengthcoach.com. We have every program from Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, general fitness, bodybuilding, everything in between. And you can try any program for free just by clicking the seven day free option at checkout. If you like it, continue. If you don't, you're welcome for seven days free. Uh, either way, I think we have some amazing programs and I think you guys will enjoy them. So sit back relax enjoy another episode of hybrid unlimited before we get into the episode just want to give a quick shout out to whitmer rejuvenation clinic they are a sponsor of ours and we took them on because we talk a lot about testosterone hormone replacement therapy PED use all that stuff and because of that you know while we have opinions on that we are not professionals in that space if you have questions about whether you're a good candidate for that or not these are the people that can help you with that and marcus i know that you have been a customer of theirs for you know quite some time so maybe you can speak to that a little bit yeah i i was going through the same thought process years ago and i had a lot of questions about you know the, the state of my blood work uh my testosterone levels and as a performance athlete it was always a question that i had in the back of my mind guys please don't go to your local gym bro or guy on instagram to get these questions answered for you where rejuvenation clinic provides solid medical advice they read your blood work they go to the results with you and they give you actionable and realistic steps for dealing with potential medical problems and not bullshit this is for actual medical advice so please you know if you have questions on this stuff let them take your blood panels and give them a chance give them a consult and i promise you they'll, they'll treat you right i know they've done that for me over the years and i can only speak positively about my experience and the type of advice they've given me check them out in the show notes they provide comprehensive assessments over telehealth now onto the show welcome back friends this is our continuation of uh, the last week's episode where we started our list of the top 10 feats of strength in the weightlifting and powerlifting world in 2023. This episode is sponsored by the Hybrid Rare Fish Investment Club coming out June 66, 2023. Keep a lookout for that. Without further ado, we're going <laughs> to jump into number four, which is Artis. Wait, before we go into this. Before we go into this, unless you had another bit to run, you guys. That was serious. Oh well, I want. You guys heard it here first. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got really excited when I saw the UFC card coming up, and also. Oh come on! I save that for the end. Don't tease people. Let's do that at the end. That's like, yeah. Let's get. Let's finish this. We gotta finish. We gotta okay, give the people right, what they right, want. Right, They're right, craving right. the top ten feats of strength. Okay. All right. So we ended on Th Thor's four hundred and twenty kilogram. Great number. Easiest. Yeah, big weed guy. <laughs> is that legal in Iceland? I don't know. I doubt it. Well, they yeah. see they're wholesome people. They don't need to get mixed up in that kind of stuff. That's right. They've got rare fish there. I mean, they've legitimately got like the weird ice fish. Yeah, just crazy stuff. Fish we can't uh, even get our head around. Okay, so that was the easiest probably 420 squat I've ever seen. Um, and this is the next one. This guy came seventh, I believe, at the European uh, Championship. Whoa. In the 89 kilo class, but this save, this is something you, dude. Whoa, dude. Flexibility. I, I hope people understand. This guy's from Latvia. Uh, and I hope people understand how athletic you have to be to be able to do that because not only like his mobility is obviously really good. You see how low he catches that snatch, but be able to be able to take a step. Most people, if your snatch is a little bit forward, a little bit behind. Oh, the bottom. There's of no the saving that. You just miss it. Ooh. But to take a step with that and stand up is 
and especially on a stage like that dude unbelievable and to the and, commenter to tofik stud work but was this safe i hate to tell you this man but well, it's not supposed at, to be safe competing at the highest levels of weightlifting is just not safe i mean you're putting 500 pounds above your head sometimes or snatching 300 400 pounds above your head you're not doing this to be safe if you want to be safe you can go play pickleball i i hate the safety argument in sports because it's like do you know that a sport exists where grown men run around on ice with knives on their feet and weapons in their hand and they shoot a frozen rubber object as fast as they can into a net and they also are allowed to fight have a fist fight i love that about hockey i you feel know, like if you, you know could... that sport exists did you and then you're like oh this isn't safe and you're like dude there's literally guys who have had their jugular slit Not by good. their by people's foot knives Not great in hockey imagine you know? if you introduce fighting into the nfl like if they allowed them to brawl on the field you imagine I, how sick that would be i actually listened to a really interesting fighter in the kid podcast yesterday where they had a guy who had an mma background who was teaching hand fighting in football to nfl players whoa so he was talking about the ways you can legally get away with being overtly aggressive right with within the rules of the nfl but like basically like hammer fisting guys in their arms and like doing shit that just makes people back off i thought it was really interesting i mean there's a huge level of violence in the nfl i mean just physically right because like the sport is just such high contact well every play ends with some guy getting crushed like do you think about their safety like you're commenting on a weightlifter's <laughs> safety, but you have 400 pound men clashing into each other at full speed all the time. And like, I think we've talked about this before and people are talking about the safety risks of the NFL now, but it's also kind of like football's football. Yeah. Well, you know, if you can't remove violence and it still be football, the whole point of it is guys are trying to get touchdowns while other guys are trying to inflict violence on them and that is the sport well, it's so. just an extremely violent sport I, the concussion discussion is legit and i don't think that it was addressed properly in the past but it's amazing to see the the, part of the, the disconnect right because people just watch the nfl they love the nfl and if you don't know anything about sports or human performance and if you just mm -hmm. look at these guys sprinting like freaks around the field and hitting each other like if you connect the dots properly and you see what they're doing to one another and to their own bodies. I mean, it is so violent, like just in general, without even talking about the concussion side of it. I mean, and that's what we love about it, right? That's what we all but watch. Don't you think there's a huge mental disconnect that people, it seems to be a difficult thing for fans of the NFL to bridge that gap because it's just such an all American sport, but it's unlike everything else, except well, you, mean, you mean, you think people are watching it thinking these people are not being damaged. I just don't think that they have that thought process, right? Because it's just, it's so clean. It's commercialized. There's sponsorships. There's these commenters. There's, it's just a high, such a high dollar production that they don't talk about it. They don't bring it up. But when you actually look at the human to human contact on the field, like it's so violent. I use this example a lot because I think it's one that people are okay with. But society sets these bizarre lines of what we're allowed to do that causes harm and what we're not allowed to do. You know, we're allowed to, you, you can go home and drink a 40 ounce of whiskey if you want. Very dangerous. Well within your rights to do so. Right. You can be a complete beginner, go to the top of a double black diamond hill mm -hmm. and bomb it down completely within your rights. Nobody's really liable. But marijuana is illegal federally. There's a bunch. There's a bunch Crazy. of just inconsistencies where I don't know. Like if I walked out in the street and I had a sign up sheet for some obstacle course event that had some level of danger, I made everybody sign a waiver. You know, people signed up for it. Mm. Somebody gets hurt. Is that my fault or is that their fault? It's like, and then to put that on the NFL, it's like, okay, they've they said this is the game, and whoever wants to participate can participate. And kids are getting put into this game at a young age, right? Mm. And then people have a problem with it at a certain point when, you know, we talk about concussions and CTE and all this stuff. But I'm like, who actually bears that responsibility, right? Nobody is forcing anybody to be a part of this institution. People are choosing to be a part of this institution because 
at some level, whether it's the parents who initially put their kids in this sport or it's the individual themselves who is participating, they've either done the risk assessment or not. And you're not really responsible for someone's legal guardian or them themselves doing the risk assessment. You're entering yourselves willingly into the sport because you're like, the upside is so big. If I make it that I'm willing to take this risk, you know, and if you don't make it to the NFL, then the downside of it is actually a lot smaller, right? You go play your bench warmer Mm -hmm. in NCAA or whatever. It's like, you're not really taking that much of a beating. Maybe you get a a free education. That's great. Maybe you get paid now because the NCAA players are getting paid. You know, there's a lot of upside there. So it's like to put the onus on the league to me just feels weird it's like this is the sport we created a sport we open the doors you can participate if you want if you don't want to don't but if you willingly enter into this agreement where you're getting compensated millions and millions of dollars you're kind of saying i'm will the risks of concussion are well known at this point it's like nobody's playing in the nfl being like it's impossible I'm going to get concussed. It's impossible I'm going to get CTE. So if you put yourself in that position, you accept millions of dollars over your career. And then at the end of it, you're upset with the outcome. I feel like well, you got to own Let that. me make a counter argument then. Don't you think that these organizations, purely from a financial perspective, have some obligation to keep up with the health and safety of the people participating? No. I mean, because, but isn't it in their best interest? Think about it, right? Like if if the organization which makes money off of you competing and you're well compensated for it, but I think at the same time, I don't think there's any I don't think it's a hard sell to tell them or even the UFC, because that was it Francis Ngannou's big thing and a lot of other fighters in the UFC, they're saying, Okay, well, we're mm-hmm. doing this thing and you know, there's a much higher risk of injury in that particular league, right? Right. Like I think that it's not a crazy idea to provide some kind of cross the board healthcare for people that are participating in doing this. Oh, that's sure. a, that's a different thing. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, my yeah. point. Though. Oh, okay. The healthcare perspective. Yeah. I think that, well, why not? Right. Like imagine, yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. you have a prized resource, right. And your whole job, you know, the racehorse isn't consenting. And this is a weird example, but imagine that horse's whole job is to perform for you, help make you money, compete under your guidance. But, it's also in your best interest to keep the horse healthy. It's not like you're just going to take it out back and put a bullet in its head because it, you know, is tired or something. It's it's sort of like the Bulgarian weightlifting system, though. It's like, you know, every year there's going to be a thousand unbelievably talented guys trying to break into the league <clears throat> that would sell their soul to be there who can perform, you know. The, OBJ sits out a season, NFL's... Yeah, do the I same, get it. right? I get it. He just did it this year. He's a phenomenal player. He he didn't sign to a team. It's not like the NFL's in shambles. They're like, okay, who's the no, next guy who no. wants to fill that spot? Okay, I think it, there you it go. could probably only benefit all of these organizations. UFC, clearly, I think that one because the barrier to entry is pretty high, you know, because you have to not only be good, but you have to be healthy. And I think if you want to develop talent, I don't think it's a big lift to tell these organizations, like get a few doctors on staff and like keep these guys really healthy. But you know what the problem is, is with with the doctors, they're fucked either way. So you have a doctor that's on staff and you look at a guy like, uh, uh, fuck, what was his name? The guy that was the quarterback for Miami. Oh, got, you know, whatever. Yeah. You, got, you got a concussion. Uh, he had a crazy name, didn't he? It started with an M, I think. But uh he had a concussion and then oh he, go, yeah, he yeah. goes to the doctor gnarly concussion too gnarly one goes to the doctor doctor is obviously being pressured to okay him to play again because he's their star quarterback right so it's like either you say he's good to play or you're going to get in trouble mm. right or he goes out and maybe gets hurt again and yeah. then you're fired. So he okays him, goes out, concussed again, fired. It's like the guy's screwed either way. Like the incentives just, they're no, not he, in the right place. And I agree with you on the health uh, healthcare perspective. 
you know, they should be compensated because they are sacrificing themselves and money is great, but I feel like a lot of people that get in this place in their life once they don't have health anymore and money doesn't matter and all that they want is their health back. And I get that. So I agree with you that uh, on that point, but in terms of like changing the rules of the sport is like, how do you change the rules of football while still making, while still allowing it to be football? Because without big dudes running into each other, without big hits, you know, without all that stuff, it's just not the same sport. Well, you no. can't change the soul of the sport, but I don't think it's a big but ask. That's what people are calling for. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's even a reasonable ask because I think that the like your point is valid too. You're signing up to do this thing. You know the upside. You're willing to risk your health. Same with UFC fighters. They're going in there and they know they're going into a fight. They're not going to, uh, you know, have a nice conversation with somebody. You know, you know the risks. That's right. fine. Everybody should consent to that. But I think the organizations, all of them, should provide some level of healthcare and ensure the longevity of the people that are continuing their business. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing just from the sort of um, behind the scenes exposure I've had to the combat sports in- industry. That's been really eye opening to me mm. where, well, you know, I you s- talk about that. Yeah. So I, I, I knew a guy personally, uh, he had a fight in bare knuckle and uh he lost and he was really beaten up had a ton of cuts had swelling all over his face like literally looked like um that dude from the goonies mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. like it was it was a really a, a bad scene and um they only the only medical care they gave this guy was when he was still at the event and as soon as he walked out those doors 100% on his own. Wow. So if he doesn't have insurance, too bad. Uh, you know, if if anything happens, it's all up to him. And I remember sitting with this guy and he's like, you know, in this bizarre, like barely, you know, conscious, swelling all over the place. And John was there and, you know, John didn't know him that well. So he, he looked at me and went, hey, man, like he's he's swelling in like places you're not supposed to. I would take him to the hospital. And it's like, these guys, obviously, they have this real machismo kind of attitude. And so I was like, I told the guy, I was like, hey, man, I know you're, like, you're good and everything and that's fine. But if you ever, if you're not feeling good at any point, let me know. Like, that was we, nice we'll, of you. we'll go to the hospital. Yeah. You know? That was and nice of you. Luckily, the, the guy ended up being okay. I don't know what kind of damage maybe yeah. if he saw, if he had medical attention there'd be less damage i don't know what the, the outcome of that was but the fact that once you leave that facility you're just on your own is is pretty wild like there's no and and that's bare knuckle i don't know how the other organizations uh sort of like govern that or deal with that but it was scary to see because it's just like dude this guy could die and people have died in bare knuckle yeah wow you know it's it's a lot. And this is a long conversation for another day, but let's yeah. let's move on on our list. Shout out to yeah, Mr. Vasilanak. Sorry, uh, buddy, I butchered your name, but that uh, was beautiful. Well done. Yeah. Good save. And now we're going up to the. Uh, we're going to stick with the heavyweights of our respective sports Gore. here. But this is uh, Gore Masanian, and does it say that he's representing a different country beside? Uh, What's Arme- he was an Armenian weightlifter, wasn't he? Yeah. This is Gormas Manassian. Yeah. They they all have similar names in weightlifting. I thought he was a Marty Rossian for a second there. Oh. Oh <laughs> yeah, Simon. That's he's another Armenian, similar last yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. But it but says he might maybe he was competing for a different. This is country. a guy that like f- to reach back to the last episode, you look at the and it doesn't look as controversial in this particular angle. Dude, that's but, one of his best snatches I've ever seen. This is a guy, though, that does a snatch, barely, like it touches his hair as it passes his head, and his head is cranked to the side when he catches it. You can't see it really in this angle, but maybe, George, when you put this up, you can find one where he's like, where it, it shows what people critique about it. But he's one of the best in the world. He's barely sitting above his head in the catch. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like he has to like pull his head in. Just good for him. His technique's cleaned up a bit because a lot of his last, I I think it's the angle. I think it's the angle. No, but a lot of them that he'll like helicopter a bit and he'll even like take a bunch of steps. And I've seen him chase a lot of big lifts off the platform. But for this being a 200, this is close to the all time world record. I mean, it's crazy to watch. Yeah, I mean, if if Lasha wasn't competing, this guy is number one for sure. You know, just Lasha is a a once in a a lifetime athlete. Well, shout out to uh, Mr. Manazian. I don't know if he's now actually competing for Bahrain or Qatar, like the comments are saying, but he's been on the scene for a minute, and that is just a wild. And then we but now it, it goes to show, like like we were saying, the mm-hmm. best technique is the best technique that works for you. We don't know yeah. what like his injury history is. Yeah. You know what what why he no, does he's what he does, but he makes it work of all time. Like. And would be or number one, right, if, I guess, if currently, currently, enough, but yeah. would be world champion, Olympic champion, if it weren't for Lasha. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like going and competing against Thor, or like being, you know, in Ilya's weight class when right. Ilya was reigning. Yeah, it's like you, you know? know, you're not gonna win, but yeah, you're second best, which is great. Yeah, the, so I want to go to our number. Is there number two? Yeah, number La- one in our hearts. This is Lasha. The big man himself. Just the his freak total. of freaks. Look at that. Coming off an injury. And that was just the fastest snatch imaginable. Easy. I feel like <laughs> you got a comment. Number one comment. How did it feel winning this competition? Lasha. It was a great training session. <laughs> I'm not used to people <laughs> clapping when I train, so I love it when it happens. I mean, just look at that 222 kilo snatch. It might as well have been a 122 kilo snatch. And when you have a guy like this who's just so far out of the competition, just how he, does he move that quickly? This is a guy that shows up to Worlds or Europeans and just puts in a number that's still so far out of reach for people. And he's not but even at his isn't best here. near his max, you no. know? Like I said, this guy, he was coming off an injury. I can't remember yeah. what it was, but he had an injury. It was a bad knee injury, I remember. Knee injury? Yeah, yeah. something bad that happened to his knee or his quad or something. Unreal. And the next comment, everyone, Lasha's finished. Lasha, I'll hold my injury. <laughs> <laughs> go to Lasha's page and just go to the uh, him snatching 210 twice in the training hall. There it is. Uh, yeah, far right, the right. there. Look, he's got his, look at his nice little this. family. This is a snatch that with his clean and jerk would win. And, and he he's did just, it for a double. Just chilling. Or two singles. Two, two singles. Right, but well, whatever. I imagine he could do that for a double, like the way that that looks. Just so beautiful. What a big The big first man. one's so crisp, too. What a big man that guy is. Good God. And, and people don't really... Everybody looks big in the super heavyweight category. Everybody looks big on TV, period. He is just. But we've talked, and I've mentioned big. this before uh, on a previous podcast, but the fact that he stretches himself, his wrists out on the rim of a basketball net at professional oh, NBA God. height, it's like that's how long of a human being we're talking about. And I've actually been getting a lot of people since I've been putting out those uh, standards for mm-hmm. like beginner, intermediate, whatever. There's a lot of people who talk about being tall and how that that short people have some advantage in lifting. And I was like, have you ever looked at a record book? Like that's why that's why we have weight classes, right? Because mm-hmm. weight classes assume you're going to get as strong and as muscular as you can for each weight class, right? So you're sort of limited by height right and at a certain point you get you're too tall to be muscular in a weight class you have to go to the next weight class or the next one or the next one right that's why the average height in each weight class increases as the weight class goes up so the people who are the biggest are going to lift the most and i feel like that's lost on gen pop like gen pop literally thinks that you have a disadvantage like that i should be able to lift more than you because I'm shorter. I mean, I was going to say short, but I'm average. Being tall, <laughs> for the record, could have some disadvantages. <laughs> but I think if if you're one of the people that that well, if uses, you see how many limb length as a crush, do. like no, like the, the 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 ratio of your femur length and you know torso length, like yeah, okay. Well, but like, that's even more of a it's a more valid argument. It it's is, like if you, like if if you're if you you're can't talking make about an excuse out of that, if you have terrible proportions, that's different than just. Like if, if 
we are the, the same person, same proportions, but you're six five and I'm five feet tall. I will be stronger. You will be way stronger. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's like, obvious. If you think about it in this way, like if you if you're taller, you have more real estate to develop muscle mass. For Very sure. simple. And, and weight. I, I think people mix up the idea of proportions with height or with size, right? It's like, even look at Lasha. That's a guy you'd be like, he doesn't have the greatest proportions for weightlifting, but he's a huge guy. He's got big levers. He can throw the weight, you know? He's just strong. There's a reason why he, he lifts, very, and he's just fucking strong. strong. That's, there's a let's, reason let's why he lifts. Let's see his clean and jerk, George. The training yeah. hall one? or uh, No, the one on your list. Boom. 252. Easy. Good God. And this is... This is actually much lower than his best. Yeah, he's in 267? I think so, yeah. And, and Just teasing yeah. us also. Let's let's talk about the, that. The epic lift that Matthias Steiner did to win the Olympics for his wife and, you know, that whole epic story. It's 252? 258. You know? Oh, yeah, you're right. And this is Lasha making this look... You know, like, six kilos lighter, but obviously just tossing you know, it, like ragdolling it again, coming off an injury. This is just what he needed to do. And to, look at that to, front rack position. He catches it so narrow. He's very mobile. Very for a mobile. Big guy. I respect that. I know how hard that is, especially for a guy. I mean, he's and he's not like light by any means. He's 160, no. 170 kilos, maybe That's a big boy. And he just moves so athletically. How so tall is he? Do you know, I don't know. I'm guessing six, six. Can you look it up, George? If you just look up, his name's hard to type, but if you look up his wiki. There you go. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. 403 pounds. Oh, my. 6'6". Six, six. Hey, right on the money. Fucking nailed it. God damn. 6'6", six, six, 180 kilos. Oh, my 29, God. dude. Oh. 29. He's younger than me. Oh, my God. What a freak. Wow. What a freak. 6'6", six, six, though. Big guys, no big guys, I guess. Yeah, I guess that height. I don't know how. Well done. So, yeah, this was number two, his snatch and clean and jerk. But it's impressive because not only is it not his best, but he just came off a pretty gnarly injury that he clearly recovered from well. So, and, well done, Lasha. And this was easy. Looking. Yes. And now for the final number one spot on the list. We touched on this large gentleman earlier uh, on the last podcast yeah and we are coming back to the phenom jesus Oliveira himself mega gojira squatting 470 kilograms at the sheffield like a fucking boss dunking it on a stiff bar dunked it on walked a it stiff out. bar walked it out good lord in sleeves natty like and maybe his total should have been the even the number one but the squat i just found so incredibly impressive Sorry, the, the 903 deadlift was also super easy just rips it rips it and he's got a personality oh yeah setting the standard everybody take notice this guy's gonna continue to set records as long as he stays healthy i feel like I didn't know about this guy a year ago, though. Like, you just kind of... He's just been putting in those heavy, heavy lifts. He puts them out. But then when he does this, it's hard to ignore, you know? Because he's doing things that are, whether you're tested or untested, are just insane. I love people like, that break that that barrier down, you know? Like, mm -hmm. everybody wants to argue this, that, and the other in powerlifting. And it's like, when you just see the best of the best, like, they're the best of the best. This is not a... That he he lifted this way. He he did it in this competition. He did it under these conditions. He did it with this drug or that this drug. It's like, no, best of the best. Period. Look at this guy. You can't shit on it. It's I mean, what what untested lifter can you think of that's squatted four hundred and seventy kilos like that? Well, there's literally none. It's just him. That's why he's in sleeves. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Uh, he's the only one unbelievable well done sir congrats that's our number one of the year so far at the halfway point ish um i don't personally think we're gonna see a strength feat better than this in never the year say never never say never there's a lot but of this uh, sets competing the bar very high to be done but yeah this is this was insane so yeah. huge shout out to uh jesus we should probably get him on the pod at some point oh yeah make me look small 
Let's go. Maybe Gojira, <laughs> if you're listening, we'd love to have you out. Yeah, please. Man. That'd be great. And we're going to switch gears, guys. Wrapping up our feats of strength for the year, we're going to go into a, a personal favorite and one that uh, we know that our audience loves, which is the uh, UFC. And I know we touch That's on right. it all the time, but there is a fight coming up. Well, actually, there's two. So can you go back to uh, number 289? Because there's one of my personal favorite fighters. He's getting a chance at redemption. This is probably... Oh, yeah. I hate to say it, and I'm sorry if you guys disagree with me, but this makes the whole card. Got a lightweight bout, 289, coming up on June 10th. Charles Oliveira versus Benil Darush. Well, especially because Pena had to pull out of the main event. Yeah. You know, so they don't even get their three-peat. I know. Um, Charles Oliveira, man. He's, he's This is a big, big fight for him because he just lost his belt and was re- graceful in defeat. Mm-hmm. And he's just a phenom. He's a unbelievable lightweight, one of the best jujitsu fighters in the UFC, a jujitsu specialist in the UFC, and going up against a force of Benil Darius, a freak wrestler. Yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting to see because I feel like in the recent history of the UFC, the wrestlers have just dominated, and they do a really good job even against BJJ guys yeah. of just kind of manhandling them and never giving them an opportunity to really use their jujitsu. You know, they just, I don't know what it is about wrestlers. They just, they got that dog in them. And, and it's, it's wild because when you think about all of the different combat sports, you know, in their, uh, their own categories, mm. you'd think the striking sports would be the ones that make the toughest guys. But if you watch any wrestling highlights, oh, dude, you think wrestling is just hugging and all the dude, those guys are bloodied up. Violent. Violence. They, there there are guys like a lot of those fights end with guys getting cut. Like there's cuts in wrestling. Guys bleeding all over themselves, you know. They're like just getting, a special breed, man. If you ever watched any kind of wrestling, they're just scary. And the cardio that it takes. I feel like there's nothing that can prepare you for the cardio wrestling requires other mm-hmm. than actually wrestling. I want Oliveira to win this. I do. No, I no do disrespect too. to Darius. He's phenomenal, and I wouldn't be surprised if Darius takes it because he's just so damn good. But I just want to see Oliveira keep winning. He's likable. He's just a great freak fighter. He could take a fucking punch. Great like, story. Yeah, great story too. No ups and downs. Loves horse racing. What was up with that? I don't know. It was so it was like he pulls out of that last fight that was supposed to occur, and all of a sudden he's like chariot. Not even horse racing. He's like chariot horse racing. It looks like a stud. Yeah, I mean he he knew what he was doing. I yeah, think he won, like, didn't he? It's like wait a second. When do you have time to to horse race and become like a champion horse racer? All of a sudden, dude, <laughs> like. He must just get what? so many opportunities in Brazil oh, just yeah. because he's this huge name now. Oh, yeah. He's, he probably just goes through and goes, oh, chariot racing? Fuck yeah. Seems fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved chariot race, of course. Let's, let's partake. Like they just give him the best horse and yeah, you know, the best coaches. Well, yeah, got some chariot racing this week. No UFC. You know, I'm take a break from my training camp. I don't even know what training that requires. I don't know. I don't know if you do man. a for that. Good or... for you, Charles. But good for him, man. That was if you haven't seen the video, go watch. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. It was so out of the blue when I saw it. Like, I'm just like scrolling what? through Instagram and then I see one of these MMA pages and it's like him. Me- <laughs> meanwhile, the, the Charles Oliveira. <laughs> but the one that I, I'm excited for, and this was just announced like two or three days ago, is the upcoming uh UFC two ninety one card. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. We talk a lot on this podcast about TRT, all of the things involving exogenous hormones. And because of that, we get a lot of questions about it. And we are not experts in this sense. If you want to speak to real experts, because we don't feel comfortable giving any sort of opinion on this, speak to Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. These guys are the best, the legitimate doctors. They're not going to push any BS on you. They're going to do a legitimate consult and tell you if you're a good candidate or not. All of the links to this are in the show notes as well as their Instagram handle. Check them out. And I promise you're going to have the best service possible in this space. And this is the most insane card that's ever existed in the history well, number one, of combat sports. 
most insane card ever. But number two, they're bringing back the BMF belt, and they're gonna have to. I hate that, but go on. Okay, I don't. I no one loves it. it. It's ridiculous. But Tony we Ferguson to... and Bobby Green, dude. That's that's a steamroll. I don't even know why they're allowing Tony Ferguson to keep fighting. I don't, actually, I don't know because if Tony just decides to use some BJJ, I feel like that's a decent fight for him. Sure, but he just can't get hit anymore. We got Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. That's crazy because I just mean, two absolute dogs. I mean, that could just turn into a slugfest. You've seen it, you know? Like, you, you go back to they Dustin Poirier. They fought before. Yeah, this is their second fight. But yeah. If you go back to Dustin's fight against Connor, like, he clean knocked him out. Yeah. Like, well. Yep. And I'm a big Connor fan, you know? So, I'll take that one. And Justin Gaethje is just a, a freak. The original fight, I mean, there it is. Do we have highlights? Yeah, let's do yeah. highlights. That it. This was a crazy fight, dude. And so uh, just look at this. He's not even not even using his jujitsu. He's just they're just no. fucking each other up. This fight. Poirier said that uh, Gaethje's the guy that hits the hardest by far of anyone. That's crazy. Actually, wait. He 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 said both two different things. I saw an interview where he said McGregor, and then I saw an interview where he said Gaethje. But he said the thing with Gaethje is that he's willing to just completely risk himself oh, yeah. at all times to like land a bomb. Oof. Like he has no regard for his own like safety or health, and that's what's scary about him. It's... And they just both have. I love watching guys who have such a deep background in something other than striking. Just ignore that fact. <laughs> like, Gates yeah. is a champion wrestler and Dustin's a BJJ black belt. You and know, just like, well, it's just, just like, yeah, out. let's just bang. Like, fuck that. <laughs> like, we're not taking yeah. this to the ground. Let's just beat each other up. Oh, God. And he could take a punch. This yeah. is going to be exciting. And this isn't even the most exciting bit of this card because coming up uh, on the co main event is our big boy. Alex Pereira making his light heavyweight UFC debut against none other than the former champ Jan Blackowitz. Dude, what a what a test for him too because Jan can wrestle. Jan is a fucking monster. He's not chinny. Oh, he's a big boy. That's he's a, a big, big, boy. big boy. So if, Al if Alex can prove himself in the light heavyweights going up against Jan Blackowitz, like wow. I like Pereira a lot. But part of me wants to see like a seasoned MMA guy kind of. I don't. I don't know where that's gonna you, go, you man. You know when like the guys who are specialists come into the sport, mm -hmm. like he was set up to basically. They gave him Adesanya. Like this is a guy that you've beaten a number of times. Likely, you guys are basically gonna have a kickboxing match again. And my whole thing was like, what's the next step for Pereira? Because I was thinking he'd stay in that weight class, you know. And I was like, okay, you beat Izzy, and then what? You have to defend yourself, defend the belt against who? If you don't get the automatic rematch, I mean, he, he obviously would be against the number one contender. But all, all those guys can wrestle, so it's kind of like, well, I mean, number one is um, Australian dude. What's his name? Um, Australian? No, it's not Volk. Not Robert Whitaker. Oh, Whitaker. Right. So he would have to go up against Whitaker. That's a bad matchup for Pereira, right? So I was like, that's not great there's a lot of guys that are not Vittori so i think hanging around in there i think this is smart whether they want to say it's a weight cut thing or whatever i think this is a a smart way to move him up and give him a chance um because if he lose like if he loses against yawn they can be like okay well he went up a weight class but if he loses against whitaker he loses against somebody yeah. else in that weight class they're like uh, lights out buddy they're like okay what do we do with you now yeah you know but you want that guy to be a weapon because he's got so many yeah. people it's, behind it'll him. be fun it'll be exciting to watch his story go into the next chapter and yeah. see if he's actually like a good contender in the late heavyweights the next one that's it that this is just a really fun fight tony ferguson and bobby green yeah hopefully soon to be named just king did you see that no he wants to change his name to just king and he tried to do it a year ago, but he, he had too many baby mamas. He was locked up in court, so he wasn't allowed to change his name because of the court proceedings. So now those of the the alimony proceedings have been dealt with. 
Now he's free to change his name. Uh, I don't think that's a great idea. So but the last fight, you you saw what happened, right? He I he won. Remind me. He won, uh, but it got ruled a no contest. Oh. That's why he has no contest because he accidentally head butted the guy. Yeah, that was kind of a fair call, I think. I heard a, an episode uh, an episode with him where he was kind of like, if something's incidental, or sorry, not an episode. I heard a podcast. He was on um, MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani, and he was like, "This is fighting, and like shit happens, and." You know, if if I just hit him with my head and he was out cold, that's one mm-hmm. thing. But he continued fighting. He was conscious. He was, you know, he was fighting back. And I finished him after the fact. And I feel like I would have done that the same either way. Like, I get his argument where it's, it's like, I don't know. This is the t- toughest sport in the world. And then you have like a little oopsie head touch. And it's not like he headbutted the guy, right? Like. You guys both leaned in, your heads hit, and then he finished him not be, not because of the quote unquote headbutt or clash of heads, but you know, hit him with a bunch of blows after the fact, and that's what finished him. I'm like, I don't know. I kind of feel like Bobby Green has a good case for that, and he mm. lost his his. He didn't get his you know bonus, his win bonus for that. Yeah, you know, he didn't get. That was a strange yeah. fight. I don't know. That's that's a total toss up to me. Yeah, Paulo yeah. Costa is one of my favorite guy, favorite guys in the UFC. He's gonna bring right that now. secret juice energy. You know, he's actually making a secret yeah. juice. Like, uh, it's it's like a like a health sports drink. Drink? No, yeah. it's like a health thing, like a smoothie. Oh, really? Kind of yeah, yeah. He's the king of memes. I mean, what can you say? He really leaned into that. Yeah. Ooh, the, uh, going up against presumably a scary Chechen looks he, like a scary Chechen. He doesn't have a mustache. Ikrem Aliskarov. Wow. That's going to be tough. If you have a beard and no mustache, I'm very afraid. <laughs> 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 but uh, Paulo Costa has been saying, so he renegotiated his deal with the UFC and he said, he came out publicly and said he's making a million dollars a fight. Good for you, buddy. But Dana White apparently came out and said, He's the only guy that's like gone against our like confidentiality and come out and said what he's making and it's completely false. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know if it's a play by Paulo Costa just to be like I don't know, to like, like me. Yeah, just to like build up his, you know, prestige or whatever, or if Dana White's just upset that Paulo Costa yeah. actually you know, I love the character. Whatever he's doing, it's working. Yeah, I like it a lot. He's got a great following. And I, I don't I'm not going to comment on the next two because I just don't know the fighters that well. You don't know Wonder Boy? Oh, yeah, I guess so. I just haven't followed him very closely, honestly. So, I, ho- I hope Wonder Boy just... I hope he a guy wins. named Pejera. That's a... He's Scary. a good fighter also, but Wonder Boy is like... He's also... He should be Wonderful. Wonder Man now. He's like 41. And then we got Derek Lewis fighting a Brazilian man. That's scary. But we got Derek Lewis back, so that's exciting. He's not on another fight night card. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, I feel like they're giving him... This is a fight where they want Derek Lewis to win because they want to keep putting him on these cards. Yeah, he's great. He's entertaining. He's a slugger. All the sluggers in the UFC are... (laughs) My balls was hot. (laughs) (laughs) And then to round it out, how how is this rounding out the card? Dude, Chessie and Kevin Holland. <laughs> Kevin Holland going at it again. Dude, I hope. Great. I, I just want to see Kevin Holland on the mic. I want him. Oh, yeah, he's wild. In his least humble form. I wonder where they're going to give uh, Chimaev another fight. He kind of got. He was supposed to uh, fight Paulo Costa. Yeah. And it fell through yeah. a couple times. Paulo Costa's had he a few kinda, fall through. I feel like they're kind of putting him off for a bit. He hasn't been on anything. I don't know no why. Life, no talk about him. I don't know. He's why. out there asking for fights, but he's not getting anything. I don't know. I do you think it's because a lot of people are complaining about him being like sort of fast tracked and like not fighting hard opponents? Well, he also I mean that probably, but he also disrespected the fact that he was not supposed to weight. make weight last time yeah. and that like fucked up that whole card. So if you're the UFC, you're like, all right, well, fuck this guy. Like didn't follow the rules. He came in and made us reshuffle an entire card. Which Did is- you hear the conspiracy theory on that? Mm-mm. That it was all planned? That they, that the, 
and I'm not saying this is what I think, so don't jump down my throat for this people, but there was a theory out there that the UFC was getting so much bad press for making Nate Diaz's last fight be against Chimaev that like everyone knows he's going to get Rightfully fucked up so. by Chimaev. So people were like, this fight. is a shitty way to like send off a UFC legend, like a guy who's really put in his dues with the sport, who's fought the, you know, creme de la creme of the UFC. You know, he's, he's, He's done it all. He has nothing to prove. And then you just give him to this guy. Yeah, who's an I, I was not excited for that. I was kind of happy they reshuffled it because. So that's that's what it oof. was. That it just so happened that Chimaev weighed in at the same weight as the guy that he ended up fighting. Bobby Green. You know, there's, there's, uh, sorry, Kevin Holland. Um, you know, and it was like, I don't know, it like the argument was it just seemed too perfect that it yeah. all worked out that the same they didn't have to bring anyone else in they just shuffled it around and it worked out perfectly yeah and i was like okay there could be some validity to that but uh dana white got really mad that people were saying that <laughs> well anyways we're i'm excited we're excited this is going to be a really fun card UFC is on a roll this year. They have just stepped it up like crazy. Every fight's been a phenomenal. You matchup. think it's because their ESPN deals ending soon, and they have to? I'd be surprised if ESPN didn't take that, or they're gonna go and get something crazy like Amazon or Netflix or just something like. There's so many options for them. There's no reason to pigeonhole yourself into the UFC. But or they could launch their own streaming service, which would actually be pretty crazy. Their own Fight Pass streaming service. Would... And not have to split a, a check with ESPN. Yeah, I mean, that that might it's be It's its the... own brand. I don't think you need the sponsorship or endorsement of a big organization to make it legit anymore. It's grow. It continues to grow. But imagine if, like, Amazon said, hey, guys, we'll cut you a little. They'll just pay for the streaming rights or something, or, and then they'll give them a better cut of the like this those companies, i don't care where the pay-per-view is i'm gonna buy it right so it's at. if you're them you know you're obviously gonna go with whoever the best of the best is there is like a certain status that comes along with being on espn though because it legitimizes you as one of the big sports right that's mm -hmm. where if you want to watch football basketball baseball hockey any of the big ones it's like that's where you watch it mm -hmm. so there is something to be said about that but I'm interested to see because they're definitely backloading these big fights on the tail end of their contract. So we will see. We will see. The the last thing I did want to talk about was Ngannou's deal. Ooh, that was pretty interesting. Big. So everyone was like, "This guy's an idiot." Even myself included, I was like, "I don't understand what he's doing." Like he's got to have something in his back pocket, um, and. I did also criticize that he was I, – I thought his arguments for fighter pay and all these like greater good things were kind of bullshit and really what he wanted was just money at the end of the day. But in his contract that he just signed with the PFL, he ensured that anyone who fights him gets a minimum purse of $2 million. <sighs> Which is wild. Wow. I wonder what he's getting. In the PFL. And he only signed like a two or three fight deal with them. Is it, Really? Was that it? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that He part. got a seat on the advisory board. Uh, he's the a whole bunch chairman of, of the like, whatever that means, PFL Africa. Right. I don't know. I don't know if there is that, but he, he got seem, it. He seems to care a lot about like bringing the sport back to Africa. So, okay. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, there's a lot of but champions. The that thing that stuck there. out the most to me was... Oh, like I said, a lot of people, myself included, were criticizing him, saying, "You know, you're you're trying, you're saying you want all these things, fighter pay, this, that, the other. You know, you're making all these, you're you're sort of just like padding your argument with all these greater good ideas." And I didn't think that's really what it was about. And a lot of people didn't think that's what it's about. The fact that he insured two million dollars to anyone who fights him, and that's in the PFL. So you're not talking about. John Jones, you know, all these guys that bring in huge pay-per-view numbers. You're just talking about whoever fights them. Whoever. Yeah, how much the PFL make last pay-per-view? Uh, sales? That's how many people bought the pay-per-view? 8,500? Oh my God. What? What? And what did the pay-per-view cost, you know? 
So what's that? Do the math quick. Uh, I mean, like six hundred grand. So I don't. I don't know with don't sponsorships and whatever else. If, but that's so that's a like, five hundred grand, six hundred grand ish. So they're either banking on Ngannou bringing in a that's ton, a big investment, a ton of eyeballs, or they're making a lot of money elsewhere. But either way, the fact that he can guarantee his opponent two million dollars, like uh, what's the girl, uh, Kayla Harris. Kayla Harris, whatever. The girl that she's been undefeated in PFL for like a long time. She makes a million dollars every fight. Wow. And, and um, people were like, why don't you go to the UFC? And she's like, why would I do that? Yeah. I'll go fight harder people make and, and make the money. less money. Like yeah. it makes no sense for me. I'll stay here and just keep doing this and be the face of women's PFL. So she's found a great lane there, and kind of see if Ngannou's opponents are getting two million. Man, I mean, they've got I money coming from somewhere. Yeah, they're, you know, they obviously have a lot more insight into mm -hmm. it than we do. Yeah. So it, they must have done the evaluation and and you know, decided that this is a good move. But yeah, I'm excited to see. Crazy. Crazy it, times, friends. It is. The combat sports world has been completely shooken up by YouTube and by all these mm -hmm. different things. And it's it's an interesting time to watch. Like, we're literally going to watch in a couple of weeks Nate Diaz fight Jake Paul. Like, that's not a thing I ever thought would happen in my lifetime. No. No, it was not. Do you, do you see how little Nate Diaz gives a fuck about the Cares. entire thing? Doesn't care. He walked, he walked out in the of middle the, of the press, the press conference, conference. Said he had to use the bathroom, just didn't come back, and then he's came still going to fight. He's still going to get paid. He doesn't care. Dude, the one guy from uh, Better, Jake Paul's company, you see that? Mm -hmm. He's like, I've been trying to get on this card. I want to fight uh, your brother, Nick Diaz. And if he's anything like you, I think I could fuck him up. And Nate Diaz was like, What's your name? <laughs> he said um so and so from better help he goes you know all my buddies are here right they're gonna see you <laughs> yeah like, well, they're, they're, they see that you said this we're gonna like we're gonna find you basically what he was saying and the guy immediately was like i'm so sorry and then and even jake paul he's supposed to be like having a back and forth with nate diaz he goes i'm sorry nate don't worry i'm gonna fire him later <laughs> and then there's a video of them oh back, God. backstage and the guy put on a disguise so that nate diaz's crew wouldn't be able to like tell who he is he's like are you and jake paul's like are you wearing a disguise? He's like, yeah, I'm actually really scared right now. Like I'm leaving <laughs> right from here to the airport. <laughs> yeah. Why would you do that? It was he a crazy will, thing to will, do. That guy will actually fuck you up. He's not like a fake YouTuber. No, he's proven it. Like he will just his lay you out on the street. Choke you out. Give you a little knee to the stomach. Shouldn't you know that? He's real Stockton's Stockton OG. Oh God. Welcome <laughs> to the world of 2023, everyone. Yeah, you got to be careful. People get real brave behind the keyboard and they yeah. forget what that means in real life. Don't fuck with Nate Diaz, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, is that, I think that's it. We're done. I think we're done. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening.